0: It is Friday, January 26th. I'm Scott Seidenberg.
1: And I'm AJ Hoffman.
0: Championship Sunday is upon us.
1: And new coaches in the NFL. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas.
2: <laughs> give me a
0: we are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas Lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Falcons and the Panthers have their coaches. And Debo Samuel back at 49ers practice. AJ, the Vegas lead is championship Sunday. With all due respect to the new coaches in the NFL or new old coaches if you will Raheem Morris back in Atlanta uh, Dave Canales in Carolina we'll talk about those hires in a couple of minutes but championship Sunday is pretty much here right as we record this Friday morning and the big news yesterday for the 49ers Debo Samuel back at practice running routes catching passes from Brock Purdy and the market reacting as the 49ers ticked up to seven and a half point favorites
1: yeah, not surprised by this. I, I was convinced that he was going to play. Uh, and I was convinced that the line would move. And I I think that this is this this shouldn't be that much of a surprise. Like he's he's looked at as a very valuable guy. Uh, and I don't know if this is the end of the movement. I don't know if it just stops at seven and a half. But I, I certainly think there's going to be way more pro Niners sentiment now because the one concern with these Niners was, is everybody going to play? and if everybody's not going to play well how do we know that this i mean you've heard all the stats when debo's out there when he's not i mean it's night and day so it makes sense that there's been hesitancy to buy into the 49ers but honestly this side of 7 feels more like the right line to me like 7 felt like it was mm-hmm. it, like it was uh it, it felt very comfortable for the 49ers knowing debo was going to play uh but obviously there there was no way to be sure about that now I I don't know that we're sure about it now. Does he does him practicing mean he's gonna play? Mark Andrews practiced last week. He didn't play. Yeah. I assume he's gonna play though. Like Debo seems like the kind of guy who wants to get out there and, and give it his all.
0: Well, the stats are uh 49ers 12 and one straight up, ten and three ATS when Debo starts and finishes the game. That's important. And finishes the game. They're one and four straight up, zero and five ATS. When he does not finish the game, now I haven't seen any Debo props up on uh, DraftKings just yet. I know that there are some Debo props available on other sports books. I, I don't know, like if those numbers are even good to bet because my initial thought is to take any under on Debo Samuel, because one hit and he's out of the game.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. And it could just be, he's there as a decoy. And I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not playing over anything on Debo, but I certainly think that there's going to be people who say, oh, he's in, we're going to bet him. And uh, I, I think it's one of those things where you want to wait until as late in the game as possible. I, I talked about this with Travis Kelsey yesterday. I, I want to bet Travis Kelsey's under. I'm going to wait until game day. Because I think everything between now and and Sunday is going to be love for the big star players. That's what happens in these public games. And I, I think you're gonna see a lot of love for Debo Samuel, especially once the props are well, he's in. We gotta we gotta think that he's gonna be a big fan. I mean, he's a half point to the spread. He's an important yeah. player. People are looking for that and they feel good about it. That's what they're gonna go with. I think I think you're on the right side of it. Wait till those those props get pushed up some. And then swing back on the unders.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing really widely available here at all for Debo Samuel. I mean, anytime touchdown is up, but I'm not going to,
1: you're not touching that. Um, what I am curious it, about. N- you know what's not up? You know why it's anytime touchdown is up? Because there's nothing with a no. Exactly. Like you you want to wait for two-way markets because mm-hmm. those those are sucker markets. It, like you want a yes, no, over, under, because that—that's the once those are up, that means the the books are serious about who's got a chance to play and and et cetera. Right now, they're still hedging by not putting any uh any totals up.
0: Now, this is what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for an official announcement of Debo playing, and and we might not get that until Sunday. But once that happens, I'm waiting for the Brandon Ayuk prop to go back down to normal range. Right now, he is still listed at 80 and a half receiving yards. And I understand why it's at 80 and a half receiving yards. In the three games this season without Debo Samuel, and that includes the Cleveland game that he left early, he's averaging 80 and a half receiving yards per game. Now we know the Lions have been torched defensively over the past five weeks, and the number one wide receiver in those games, has completely gone off. Mike Evans, 147 yards and a touchdown last week. Puka had 181 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, 192 and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, 227 and a score. And Justin Jefferson, before that, 141 and a score. So all of them have gone over 100 yards. All of them have scored a touchdown. And I love Brandon Ayuk to have similar stats because if you just look at Ayuk's home games this year, He's played seven home games and he's gone over a hundred receiving yards in five of those seven home games. The only two games that he did not go over a hundred receiving yards was the game against the Cowboys where they blew him out. What was it? 42 to 10. So no real reason to uh, throw the football a lot in that game. And the last game of the season, which was Sam Donald at quarterback and no one else playing for the San Francisco 49ers. So all other games, at home, at Levi Stadium, he's had over 100 receiving yards.
1: Yeah, my only concern with any, any kind of uh, over on receiving props for the 49ers is Purdy last week probably made Mike, or Kyle Shanahan feel a little tight. Probably made him feel like, man. All the more reason
0: do- to open it up. I mean, hasn't Purdy responded to the critics every time? And so now people are talking smack about yep. him and watch him throw for 300 yards this week. Like he were, very well could. There was a time when Brock
1: Purdy was the MVP of the NFL. I'm telling I agree. I mean, six weeks ago now, he's like apparently the second best quarterback in this game. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, six weeks ago, he was the he was the leader to be the MVP in the league. So it's pretty wild that we've gotten here. Uh, but I I mean, listen, we all saw that game. That was one of the worst Brock Purdy games we've seen mm-hmm. And if there was ever going to be like, okay, let's count, let's, let's ride what's gotten us here. Let's, let's, let's ride uh Christian McCaffrey. Let's play it safe. Let's make sure we're in the game and we'll, we've, we'll have two weeks to get Purdy right. I think this would be the time, but who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe that's what the lions are expecting too. So yeah. well, the, uh, the it's, market- it's certainly going to be an interesting. The game plan is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, the market has certainly uh, been backing Brock Purdy to have a bounce back performance because his prop was at 270 around there, 270 and a half. It's all the way up now to 279 and a half passing yards. And I understand why six straight quarterbacks have gone over their passing yardage prop against the Lions defense. I mean, I talked about those number one wide receivers and what they did in those last five games, but all those quarterbacks have thrown for over 300 yards. Baker Mayfield last week, Stafford before that, Nick Mullins twice, Dak Prescott. They've all gone over 300 passing yards. They've all exceeded their passing total prop. So that could be, that. I mean, a lot of people are hammering this Brock Purdy prop to see it go all the way up to 279.5.
1: Yep. And I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Kyle does open it up. It just feels like, man, it felt like the 49ers. I don't want to say they got away with one last week, but it kind of felt that way. Right. Like it felt like they they won despite Brock Purdy's performance. Yeah. And well, maybe that's what
0: needs to happen. Sometimes you get away with a lucky one. And then then this is the one where they actually show up. And and play like the 49ers and score the 31 points that they do all the time at home and and, and blow uh the, the Lions out. I mean, that could be literally what we see on Sunday. Um the other injury news is I guess less I don't want to say less important because the guy's not practicing, but no one is saying that he's not gonna play. And that's Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs. Did not practice once again, but Pacheco said he's he's playing. Andy Reid's like he's playing, so I guess they're just holding him out of practice this week to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself even further with the toe injury. But Pacheco's props, they're at sixty-three and a half rushing yards. And over the past two weeks, I guess you can just say in the playoffs, Pacheco's been one of the most, if not the most important Kansas City chief.
1: I I said this on the dream pod and I kind of got poo-pooed on it. I don't know if it was you or who it was, but I, I still stand by this. I, one of my, my, my best bet on the dream pod was Ravens in the first half. I think the Ravens jump out early. I think we have to see a push from Kansas City to get back in this game. And if the Ravens jump out to an early lead, I think you're going to see the traditional run game kind of go out the window for them. And that means, knowing that, and knowing that Pacheco's banged up, I want to play unders on Pacheco. I get how important he's been. I think this, if the if the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, it has to be on, on the back of Patrick Mahomes. And that means that... There's going to be a lot more throwing, or the, if the running game is, is a big part, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes running the football.
0: Mm. Uh, Pacheco last week in the playoffs against Buffalo, 97 yards. The week before that, wild card game against Miami, 89 yards, and uh, ended the regular season, his final game against Cincinnati, with 130 yards. A uh, little had bit different defense season.
1: on the other side this time.
0: <laughs> yes, a uh, little bit different there with the Baltimore Ravens run defense. You're right. Um, Patrick Mahomes is interesting. Cause we know that in big spots, especially against a pass rush, he'll take off and run right. Like, and, and, but recently we haven't seen it like a lot. He had 19 yards against Buffalo and you would think that that would be the game where he would run for, you know, 30 somewhat yards. Now I know he took some knees, which decreases from the total there, uh, but he did have two carries for 41 yards against Miami. Now, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be winning at the end of the game, and I don't know if Mahomes is going to be kneeling the football down. And as a four-point dog, I don't think you have to worry about that, or I don't think, like, that's something. Like, when the Chiefs are are favorites, it's hard to play an over on his rushing prop because, you know, he can lose two yards a time if he kneels it down a couple of times. But in this game, his props at 26.5 rushing yards – and I I think that he does take off and run. I think that he does you know scamper on a third down to extend the drive.
1: I I generally think the same thing, and I I think especially if they're down in the in the second half, like yeah. you're gonna see it, it's gonna be it's gonna be scrambled It's not designed like it, it, you see the Bills when the Bills and obviously these Ravens, you see a lot of designed runs. Mm-hmm. Like you see like Josh Allen will do a fake pitch left and then run right like that. That's it's a staple of the playbook. The Chiefs don't really have those plays. When when Patrick Mahomes runs, it's because either something's broken down or he just sees a hole and, and hits it. Uh, so it's a lot different. So it's it's hard to it's hard to count on those yards every single game. But I do think when, like you said, when the lights are brightest, when the when the key moments are there, he's going to take those chances more often than not. Because I, I hate to put it this way and make it sound like like this is Patrick Mahomes talking, but I mean, how many of his teammates does he really have full faith in? Uh, I, I well, I think guess, about how many like, times
0: Rashi Rice has kind of emerged as as the guy for him right I, now.
1: I get it. And I and he is the guy for him. He, he and Travis Kelsey certainly have been the, the most consistent. But like we we've talked about this. Who's more equipped to to take Travis Kelsey out of the game than the Ravens? They've, they've got one of the best cover cover safeties in the league. They've got a great cover linebacker. Uh Marlon Humphrey's going to be back to to tr- probably shadow Rashi Rice. So that means it's either Patrick Mahomes has to trust Meekle Hardman, trust Kadarius Tony, or trust himself. And chances are good that in those situations, Patrick Mahomes is more likely to trust himself and say, "You know what? If I got to get this first down, I'm I'm going to go get it uh, because I I I don't I can't count on those other guys." And he's right to think that because we've seen we've seen it come to fruition. This is what he's this is what's happened all season long. His teammates have let him down in in key moments. So uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think that that leads to uh, that leads to Patrick Mahomes taking off a couple times, particularly if it's a tight game, and even more so if the if the Ravens are up.
0: So you mentioned the defense being able to contain Travis Kelsey. You mentioned Marlon Humphrey being there to cover Rashi Rice. Do, do you have any interest in uh, Justin Watson or a Marquez Valdez Scantling over no
1: 14,
0: over 14 and a half receiving yards?
1: No, that's, because that's one, I, catch. I, I, that's one. catch. I get it. It is one catch, but with the Raven or with the uh, with the Chiefs, you never know which one of those guys is going to be the the guy of the week. It's almost like Bill Belichick with uh, with running backs back in the day. It was like if you thought it was going to be this running back, like you might bet an over on a running back who had a big game last week mm-hmm. and he might literally never see the field w- with the Chiefs. You know, Rashi Rice is going to be on the field. You know, Travis Kelsey is going to be on the field. Everything else is kind of up for grabs, like it, it differs week to week. You know, uh, I, if if I were looking at is saying, okay, who who else do I feel like is is guaranteed to be on the field at points during this game? It's probably Noah Gray, which isn't like a sexy name, and I don't know what his props are at, but I I do think they're going to run a lot of two tight ends. Uh, we know the we know how good the Ravens pass rush is, so I think they're going to want to have extra blockers in, and Travis Kelsey like they can't afford to keep Travis Kelsey in all the time because someone has got to go catch the ball. So I I would assume we're going to see Noah gray on the field more often than, than maybe typical. And uh, so if, if I could look, if I were looking at any props for anybody on, on the chiefs offense to, to have some extra work, it'd probably be Noah gray
0: question. If you bet a longest reception prop, but Mm -hmm. the guy doesn't have a catch, is it void or is it, action is it a loss
1: i think it's a loss uh because they I play think it, it, as long as they play plays, in the game right yeah if he plays i i think it's a loss
0: so as long as they play in the game because a lot of them just say player must play for action so it doesn't say must have a catch for action yeah i was thinking like oh man like you can do like an mvs longest catch over 10 and a half, 11 and a half yards um and, and then yeah it just says player must play it doesn't say anything about if they don't have any catches.
1: Have we seen anything about Kadarius Tony at practice?
0: Mm, I mean, he was out last week, and I don't think they missed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, let's see. Uh, they downgraded him to a limited participant.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the defensive guys for Kansas City? What about Willie Gay, Legarius Sneed, Mike Edwards? Do we, do we expect those guys to play?
0: Uh, I don't know about Willie Gay. Um, you know, he uh was limited in practice um Legeria Snead was limited in practice as well um no update on their playing status just that they you know had six guys that didn't practice 16 other guys that were on their injury report and you know those those key defensive players Snead and Gay were
1: they were limited participants I think in both these games, you're going to see. It, it, this goes for Detroit and Kansas City. Both got both teams who are likely going to be without their best interior offensive lineman, uh, Rag now for for the Lions, Tooney for the for the uh, the Chiefs. I, I and I think maybe even more so for Rag now. Now that I think about it, but like the pressure that's going to come up the middle is going to cause some real problems for these quarterbacks because it's something they're not used to having. Well, that's and another reason you know how, to like.
0: Often, my- it's another reason to like Mahomes' rushing yards.
1: I I agree. If there's no, pressure that, up the middle, what, he
0: runs outside.
1: That's something I was just thinking of. Yeah, so I I do I do like that Mahomes prop.
0: All right, I guess that's our best prop is Patrick Mahomes and you know what over I, the rushing yards.
1: I I I don't know what what props are available as far as like um over under team sacks, yeah. but I, like thinking about Ragnow being out and and the idea that. Uh, it, you're going to see pressure up the middle from these 49ers. I, I, Jerry Goff's going to get sacked multiple times in this game. So that, that's another thing maybe to take a look at in the prop market.
0: All right. So uh, make let's make it official. And these don't necessarily have to be official picks. They could be official leans. But we'll do side and total for both games. So I'll start Chiefs plus four, total forty-four and a half. I will go Chiefs and the over.
1: Okay. I'll, I'll go Ravens and the under.
0: Okay, now, which is crazy because I actually like the under in the second half, but I like the over in the first half. So I do think that there's going to be scoring in the first half of this game and then it'll slow down. And I think we could see a a similar type of game that we saw maybe last week from the the Bills and the Chiefs. And if we get a 24-21 finish, which is exactly what I think is going to happen, that's yep. over that's over the forty-four and a half finishing at 45, which is why I am picking over 44 and a half because I do think it's a 24-21 final.
1: Yeah, I've been waiting all week hoping that the, we we would see a 45. Uh, I'm I'm not sure it's gonna get there, but I, I if there is a 45, that's gonna be an official play for me is the under.
0: All right. What's your thoughts on uh the Lions 49ers? Total is seven, uh seven and a half forty niners is the spread. Total fifty-one and a half.
1: Yeah, I, I like the under. Um, I think both these teams run the ball more than anybody expects. Uh, You know, we talked about on the Dream Pod how poor of a tackling team Detroit is. Uh I mean, Detroit's their bottom five in missed tackles, which is a nightmare against Christian McCaffrey. I I think you're going to see the the 49ers look to take advantage of that. Uh, And I think Detroit has to run to stay in this game. You know, the, the 49ers defensively are elite against the pass and I, I just think that Detroit is going to have to stay balanced. And when you consider that the 49ers are the slowest team in the league in, in plays per, you know, uh, seconds per play, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the clock just, it does a lot of ticking. And uh, I think this game goes under. I, I think the 49ers kind of name their number. I I think this is probably a a, a double-digit win for San Francisco.
0: I lean that same way, 49ers end the under, because I think the 49ers score and the Lions don't. So uh, I think this can wind up being like a, I don't know, 30 to 14 type game. And so it goes on to the 51 and 49ers win comfortably. All right, let's talk coaching news around the league. We had uh, two coaches hired yesterday or announced hiring yesterday. The Falcons are bringing in Raheem Morris. It's funny, a guy I mentioned as a possible DC yeah. yesterday. Raheem Morris, uh, the head coach, new head coach now in Atlanta. He was their interim head coach you know, I guess before Arthur Smith, right? So he was their interim head coach. They bring him back now as the head coach passing on Bill Belichick. So uh, we'll talk about Belichick in just a moment, but your thoughts on the Raheem Morris hire.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's a Raheem Morris is one of those guys who I think is a really good defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Um, We've seen the Raheem Morris as a head coach. Thing and it was an abject failure uh Raheem Morris was a bad head coach he, he lasted three seasons in Tampa he won 17 games in three seasons um it, it's he's he, he was disappointing that said maybe, maybe he's grown generally I think when guys have a a, a first shot and it, it goes that poorly it, it, it usually doesn't get better the second time around but uh but he's been such a good coordinator of the last several years and I think being around that that Rams organization is probably a great thing for him. Um, he, he's, you know, I, I'm I'm saying he he's not. I'm not saying he's not deserving. I'm just saying I'm I'm hesitant to buy into guys who have had a shot and and failed that miserably.
0: Well, I'm just interested to see. I'm interested to see who he brings in as an offensive coordinator because you know part of the Falcons' problems was just completely misusing their talent on offense. They yeah. invested so much. Uh, early draft stock over the past several years in yeah. their offense, and it's been completely misused by an offensive coach in Arthur Smith. So uh, congratulations to Raheem Morris, and now we wait to see who he hires on his staff. Uh, elsewhere, the Panthers hiring Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales as their new head coach. This one, um, pretty intriguing. Uh, I, I, I admit I, I wasn't really expecting this to be the decision here.
1: Yeah, this one kind of came out of left field. Um, you know, I, 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 this he was in Seattle for a long time uh, under under Pete Carroll. He, I think he worked with Pete Carroll at USC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he, so he's he's a a Carroll guy. Uh, and it, there's no doubt he did a good job as the OC in Tampa this season, but it's the only season in his life where he's been a a coordinator, mm-hmm. and so it's a, it's a very limited sample of what this guy's been able to do. That said, we saw the same thing with Demico Ryan's. Demico Ryan's didn't have a long track record of being of a, a, a coordinator, and he worked out. Uh, Mike Vrabel had one year of being he he was the defensive coordinator for the worst defense in the league. The one year he was a coordinator and he's a good head coach. So I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just a bit of a surprise hire in my opinion. Uh it feels like if I didn't know better, I would say it's like a a penny pinching move because I can't imagine that Canales is getting like a, a a huge payday. Um but we we know that David Tepper the the richest owner in the NFL uh, or one of the richest owners in the NFL, it was probably not that worried about that. You know, he won. Want, he wants to win, so this dude must have been a really good interview, and and must must have given them some confidence that he can be the guy.
0: Well, it could be forty two years old. Yeah, could could be a little bit of buddy ball as well, though. The new general manager Dan Morgan uh, worked with Canalis uh, on Pete Carroll's staff for about eight years, so yep, uh, could be a little bit of buddy ball there. But hey, we'll see uh, how he develops Bryce Young. That is certainly the top priority there for the Panthers. So two head coaching openings remain, uh, Seattle and Washington. And there's two really good head coaches out there, Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, listen, there's guys that we thought would maybe get looks that, that aren't like, it seems like Bobby Slowick, the Texans OC is now going to be off the table for anybody. Um, you know, I I've talked a lot about Brian Flores deserving another shot of being a head coach, but you're right, Like the, when you're playing musical chairs, and, and Pete Carroll, if Pete Carroll still wants to coach, that, there's only one spot for him. Yeah, they, we're, we're running out of chairs, and two of the names that we would have thought would have been at the top of everybody's list aren't. The Belichick one I can understand to an extent, because Bill Belichick, it, it's, it's got to be a certain situation for him. And it sounds like Seattle won't work, because John Schneider said, hey, whoever the next coach is is going to report to the GM. Because Pete Carroll didn't. Pete Carroll reported only to the owner, and ba- mm. P- Pete Carroll basically had final say on roster. And so Bill Belichick isn't going to fit that mold. So that leaves Bill Belichick no, and Washington. I, and I is- and I,
0: ex- I expect it to be Dan Quinn anyway.
1: I think they're going to name him the head coach probably probably later today. Maybe so, and and that means that, that either Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel isn't going to be a head coach in the NFL next year, if not both. Yeah, uh, and that's surprising. Um especially if they want to be, you know, Vrabel's the most surprising. He's still a young guy. He's regarded everywhere as as an excellent head coach and excellent leader. That's a real surprise that he's not on anybody's radar or hasn't been hired. Um, I know a lot of people thought that he was going to get the Patriots job and the Patriots stuck to their plan, which was Gerard Mayo. And, uh, but I would assume that everybody at that point was doubling down and, and going harder after Mike Vrabel. But we've seen guys, I mean, Raheem Morris has been a, a, like I said, a failed head coach. Mm-hmm. And the Falcons chose him over Mike Vrabel, who, who has generally been a success as a head coach uh, in Tennessee. So it, it's, um, it, it's surprising that both those names are still available. And, and I, I would, I mean, I think it's almost a lock that at least one of them isn't coaching in the NFL next year.
0: If Belichick does not get a job and, and he's sitting here next week, Washington filled their job, Seattle filled their job. Do you think there's an organization out there that pulls a surprise move and fires their coach that was previously thought to be safe and then brings in Bill Belichick? (sighs)
1: Um... Man,
0: like maybe, I, I don't they, know. Like, like maybe they thought they had no chance at Belichick because Belichick was interviewing with Atlanta and he was talking with this team. And then, you know, he never called them or his agents or reps never called them because they currently have a head coach. And then all of a sudden, you know, an ambitious owner or GM is like, wait a minute, let me call Bill Belichick and see if he's interested in coaching our team.
1: If I were to say, like, give me a list of coaches that I could see being surprisingly fired the, OK, like, ready? The, let's go. Down, the, let's keep, go.
0: Let's go down the list. Number one. Uh, well, Rob, let me give you. Num- my,
1: I, I, OK, I, I've got you two names give, off the top okay. of my head.
0: All right. I bet the, you we have the same name. Go ahead. Uh, Robert Sala. That's my first name. Robert Sala.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think he's a name. And I think Matt Eberflus is a name with the Bears. Um, yeah. I think th- those are the two guys who were kind of hot seated and they, they didn't have their chair get pulled. You know what? I should name one more guy. Nick Sirianni. I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility that the Eagles say, "You know what? I know we we fired your whole staff, but you know yeah. what? We 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 got a chance, so we're going to make one more move." Uh but I think that's about the that's. Oh no, I I shouldn't say that. There's one more. I I, I still can't believe that New Orleans has not made yeah. a change yet. So, mm-hmm. but again, is New Orleans is a kind of place where I could see Bill Belichick going. Not really. No.
0: No. Um, I mean, what if? Now I know Adam Schefter brought this up on ESPN yesterday. I didn't even think about it twice. But what if like Andy Reid retires? Would Belichick coach Kansas City.
1: I mean, I'm sure he would. I, 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 I like what if
0: like what if I, what what if Belichick this? I mean, what if uh, Andy Reid wins the Super Bowl this year and decides to walk off into the sunset and call it a career? Because like, boy. do they just say, "All right, well, we're just going to hire Bill Belichick"? And you Belichick's know why he like, would? I got Patrick Mahomes. Why not?
1: You know why he would? Brady went and won one without him this is that would win. be his best that would be his best chance to win one without Brady and it, like people would be able to people would try to talk smack about it but it'd be like no he went not he won like you can't just say it was just Tom Brady yeah just like you can't just say it was just Bill Belichick I, I, I think yeah that's something I think he'd be very interested in
0: yeah that was something that Schefter uh, floated out on ESPN yesterday was that you know hey if Andy Reid he might he might decide after this postseason's over to 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 hang them up. So and maybe that's what Belichick's waiting for. But we will certainly wait and see.
2: I'm RJ Bell and I'm gonna give you some straight talk. Now there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1. But I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much, maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good and to me if you can have that as your home base in a way that that center that equator that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy well i love it if you want to take ownership of your health it starts with AG1 try AG1 and get a free 1 year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and Five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkAG1.com slash Bell. That's drinkAG1.com slash Bell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against... Another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick Six app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick Six. The crown is yours. Gambling problem.
0: NBA uh, LeBron James made history yesterday with his twentieth All-Star Games selection. Do we care about all-star games anymore, AJ?
1: No, no, I don't. I mean, it's nice that he I mean he he's he's been incredible for a long time. I mean, I think there's there's no there's no nothing you can take away from the dude. Like for him to be this good for this long is unprecedented. But all-star game appearances is like one of the last things that I care about.
0: I feel like the I feel like the headline would be it would be more of a headline if he didn't make the all-star
1: yeah. game. Yeah. It's like, a popularity contest and he's still the yeah. most popular player in the league.
0: Yeah. The headline is LeBron James makes history with 20th All-Star selection. He passes Kareem Abdul Jabbar for the most all-star games in NBA history. But it's like, that's not the story. The story would be uh LeBron James misses out on all-star game for the first <laughs> exactly. time in 20 years like that's the headline who cares like that he made another all-star game uh, obviously every year he's in the league he's going to be invited to the all-star game um uh the 10 starters were announced the game is in Indy next month and uh, which means it's going to be high scoring right because it's in Indy uh here's <laughs> yeah,
1: be like... total yeah
0: Here's who the uh, other starters are. We got uh, Jokic, Durant, Luka, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the Western Conference in the East. It's Giannis, Embiid, Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, hometown for the Pacers, yeah. and Damian Lillard. So it's the uh, first start for Halliburton representing, like I said, the hometown Indiana Pacers. On Did, the I, court, didn't,
1: I didn't hear you say uh, Steph Curry's name.
0: Not a starter. Not a starter.
1: Only Boy, the starters were announced. That is surprising because the the starters get voted by fans, right?
0: Yeah, but is it? like I guess it's
1: a, it's fifty percent fan vote, twenty five percent yeah. players, but and then a, he, a, a writer's who, vote. Okay. I mean,
0: I guess the only person that he would start over is SGA in terms of popularity, but it's yeah, it's it's LeBron, Jokic, Durant, and Luca, and then it's like all right, like SGA, you know, yeah. SGA. Yeah. Well, great, if it you know? if
1: I'm just saying, if it were a full fan vote. Do you think there's any question in your mind that, that Steph would be starting? It's without doubt he would be.
0: No, but I think there's other guys, too. I think it's like Steph. I think like Booker, you know, like the guys could have gotten votes and they're all going to be in the game anyway. <laughs> like we're all, we're You're gonna, right. We're all going to watch them. Like you said, the All-Star game, it's like the Pro Bowl now. It's like, it, it, you know, who doesn't make the Pro Bowl? Um, all right. Let's let's talk about what happened on the court last night. There was an upset as the Pacers beat the Sixers 134-122. Pascal Siakam scored 26 points with 13 boards and 10 assists. They call that a triple double AJ.
1: They uh, do. And and listen, a lazy night for Embiid. What he put up 31? Like, yeah, a 31. Yeah, just 31, dude.
0: Just 31 points. Uh the Jazz with the 123-108 win over the Wizards. Timberwolves took care of the Nets 96-94. The Celtics a blowout of the Heat 143-110. Jason Tatum 26 points. The Knicks, speaking of blowouts demolish the Nuggets, 122-84. Jokic had 31-11 and 11 in the loss. OG Ananobi 26 points and six steals in the win as the Knicks continue to win. And ever since acquiring OG, I mean, I gave the stats like last week. They're even better this week. But what this team has accomplished since since this trade, it has completely reshaped this team. And now you look at the Eastern Conference standings, and the Knicks are the number four seed behind Philadelphia and ahead of Cleveland. And I, I got to be honest, it would not surprise me to see the Knicks pass uh, Philly at some point and be the third seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs.
1: Okay. It's, uh, it'd be, it, they've been incredible since that trade. So uh it's it's harder to deny right now. I still think I I don't know. I think Philly's a more complete team, but maybe you're right, especially right, riding this uh this wave of momentum that they're on.
0: Yep. Uh elsewhere the Kings edge the Warriors 134-133. Uh Barnes in the in the win 39 points, Curry in the loss 33 points, and LeBron scored 25 points with 12 assists as the Lakers beat the Bulls 141 132. Here's your schedule for Friday night. The Mavericks are at the Hawks. Dallas, a short one and a half point favorite. Rockets at the Hornets. Houston laying five and a half. Suns are at the Pacers. Phoenix, four and a half point favorites. Clippers visit the Raptors. L.A. laying seven and a half. Magic are at the Grizzlies. Orlando, five and a half point favorites. Cavs at the Bucks. Milwaukee, five and a half point favorites. Now, I don't know if Doc Rivers makes his uh, coaching debut tonight, but get this. If he does coach the team tonight, It'll be the third time the Cavs have played the Bucs in the last 10 days. And each time they had a different coach. That's crazy. That's got to be a first. It's got to be. I think it is. That's unbelievable. (laughs) Three games in 10 days, three different head coaches. (laughs) Wow. All right. Uh, And and just in case you were wondering, I think in February, the Bucs do go to Philly. So uh, that will be Doc Rivers' first game coaching back in Philadelphia as the Bucks head coach. Uh, thunder are at the Pelicans. New Orleans two and a half point favorites. And... This will
1: be my uh, DraftKings dog of the day here, man. Okay, I, I like the Thunder. I like the Thunder in this matchup. Uh, it, this number surprised me. I thought maybe it meant somebody was out for for the Thunder today, but uh, I, I think this is just the uh, the straight line. So if it, I, I've looked around and I don't see anybody out. So. If I'm catching points with the Thunder here against the Pelicans, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna back the Thunder, who I just think are the better team. This, I mean, the, the records aren't way far off, uh, but I, I do think the Thunder are a, a much better squad.
0: Okay, all right, there you go. And finally, they won four straight.
1: By the way, four straight wins for the Thunder.
0: Blazers are at the Spurs,
1: San Antonio, two and a half point favorite. Only one game in college hoops in the top twenty-five last night, and boy, was it a doozy! as Jordan Pope of Oregon State hits a three at the buzzer to knock off number nine Arizona. Uh, Oregon State moves to two and six in Pac-12 play. Pope, 31 points, but none bigger than those last three. Huge win for Oregon State. Only one game in top 25 action today. Wisconsin, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, at home against Michigan State. I, I, I like the uh, like the Badgers here, I think, a little bit. Now, Saturday is a full card. There's not much going on on Sunday because uh, there's some football games. I don't know if you heard. <laughs> yeah. But on, on Saturday, we got a pretty full slate. I'll run through some of the highlights here. And uh, it, it, you're, I know what you're interested in, Scott. You're interested in the system. Mm-hmm. And I think there's two good candidates. And, again, lines aren't up yet. But I'm willing to bet that number 23 Iowa State, is going to be a short favorite, probably minus two, minus three, Uh, hosting number seven, Kansas. Would that tickle your fancy at all?
0: Absolutely, and that's the stronger system than the unranked home favorites versus the ranked home favorites, because this one, we actually have uh, two ranked teams with the lower-ranked team being the favorite. That's a seven-and-two system, so I'm, I'm on this right now.
1: And my best bet from the pod that I uh, did last night with Griffin Warner, and I didn't even consider that it was a system play, but I expect unranked Boise State to be about a two-point home favorite against uh, number 18 Utah State, and Boise State was my best bet on that podcast, so uh, my, my favorite Saturday play. Uh, which is a 1 p.m. local or 1 p.m. Vegas time start? So four o'clock out on the East Coast uh, is Boise State, who I think, will, like I said, be a, a, a one possession favorite either way.
0: All right, we love the system. What about backing number nine Arizona after the loss last night? They play Oregon on Saturday. Do they bounce back?
1: Yeah, that, that's an interesting one, and I, I I don't feel very comfortable predicting the line on that game because uh, Griffin and I were talking about this game on the pod. I projected it'd be about Arizona would be about minus 5 on the road. Uh it, he Griffin was projecting it would be close to a pick or Oregon as a slight favorite. I so I'm not sure at this point. Um Ken Palm has it at 6 as of this morning. That could certainly change. Um but yeah, I, I think that uh it, I would expect now Arizona to be in bounce back mode though. Arizona's had a couple dud performances on the road this season, so not a team that I'm super trustworthy in on the road.
0: On the ice last night the uh, Islanders were found themselves down 3 nothing in Montreal, uh, Patrick Wah making uh, his coaching debut in uh, the place where he was made famous and they were down 3 nothing, they fought back, made it 3-3 late in the third period but a bad turnover inside their own zone led to a Canadiens goal with a little over two minutes left. So Montreal with a 4-3 win over the Islanders. The Bruins in overtime beat the Senators 3-2. Red Wings blanked the Flyers. Three nothing. We were on this one on yesterday's show. Talked about fading the Flyers after the uh, you know Carter Hart news. Uh, the Lightning doubled up the Coyotes six three. Hurricanes a three two win over the Devils in overtime. The Stars beat the Ducks. The Predators a three two win over the Wild. Blue Jackets a five two win over the Flames and the Oilers who closed north of minus six hundred favorites over the Blackhawks do win they cover a minus two and a half puck line AJ as they win three nothing over Chicago I played the under team total for Chicago that's another one we talked about on uh, yesterday morning's show so the Blackhawks get blanked three nothing and the Oilers with their 15th straight win now too shy of tying the NHL record um They tied the 15 with the Islanders in 81-82 and the Penguins in 2012-13. And then the Blue Jackets in 2016-17 with 16 straight wins. And the all-time record is the Penguins in 92-93 that won 17 straight games. So two more wins for the Oilers, and they will tie that record. Their next two games are at home against the Predators uh, tomorrow And then Tuesday here in Vegas, should they win tomorrow, Tuesday night here in Vegas, they will go for the record tying number 17th win. So we'll keep monitoring that and see uh, if they just keep rewarding us for betting on them in every game during this streak, pretty much. <laughs> we love betting the Oilers. Uh, tonight, the Golden Knights are in New York to take on the Rangers at the Garden, and the Rangers are minus 155. The Panthers are at the Penguins and Florida a minus 125 favorite. Kings are at the Avalanche. Colorado's minus 140. It's like everything going wrong for the Kings right now. And the Blues are at the Kraken, Seattle, minus 145.
1: <music> Novak Djokovic had been basically unstoppable in Australia. Well, he has been stopped. The 10-time Aussie Open champion uh, was chasing his 25th major, but he fell in the semifinals to Yannick Sinner, the Italian, uh, who has now won three of the last four meetings with Djokovic, including the Davis Cup final in November uh this was a a huge upset as sinner is the first man to beat novak Djokovic in australia since 2018 i mean wow. this you, you, <laughs> i mean remember he didn't play in 2022 because of the vax uh thing he didn't yep. get vaccinated he's won he won in 19 20 21 i mean this is uh, 23 this is an unprecedented run uh that came to an end last night uh Djokovic was Plus 105 to win the tournament coming into it, which, I mean, sounds about right. Guy wins it every – he hasn't lost there since 2018. Even Mm -hmm. money sounds pretty fair, uh, but a huge upset here for the Italian.
0: Is Wayne Brady going to have to Djokovic? Uh, <laughs> one of the best sports center lines ever. Uh, make sure you guys uh, are using the coupons at pregame.com to saving as much money as you can. we got a great deal for you right now. You can save $20 off any purchase at pregame.com. That's getting a three-star best bet for only $5. If you use the, pr- the coupon code SAUSAGE20, SAUSAGE20 will save you $20. Not 20%, $20. Off of any purchase at pregame.com. The promo code is SAUSAGE20. So load up on a daily best bet, or maybe you want to get a weekend all access, whatever you'd like from your favorite pregame pro, take $20 off using that promo code SAUSAGE20. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Sedler. We are straight out of Aegis AM.